authors sometimes forget that readers want to guess what's going to happen, not just in a mystery, but also in romances. Welcome to the Edda Buddies podcast. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, her eyes widened in surprise. It's not the worst cliche, but it's not great. Today, I'm talking to romance editor Penny Askew of Word Summit Editing. Even if you don't read or write romance regularly, there's a lot you can learn from it about creating highly motivated characters with substantial emotional depth. Enjoy. I have been editing since 2015 when I interned for a small publisher and I hung out my figurative shingle in 2017. I belong to the Editorial Freelancers Association, ACES, the Society for Editing, and PEN, the Professional Editors Network. Um, And I'm active, I have a really active EFA chapter, so I'm active in the North Texas EFA chapter. I edit genre fiction, it's what I love to do, and my sub-niche is romance. So, but I'll take your mystery, your fantasy, all the the fun stuff, all all the fun stuff. I like to read a variety and I like to edit a variety. So how did you first, well, I guess going way back, how did you get into books, storytelling? What (sighs) was that like? So in the early 2000s, I was reading a Harlequin romance and on the back it said, you know, come to our community. So I went to the community and became a community member. And back then it was really a vibrant community because Facebook hadn't been developed yet, invented, dreamed up. MySpace was really for the kids and authors had a hard time maintaining their own websites because it was still harder back then. So this was a place where authors and readers came together and talked all the time. And I figured out that I had a lot of Harlequin authors living near me. So we started getting together some of the people from the community, probably a dozen of us, every three or four months. And the authors talked about their editors. And I sat there and thought, I'd really like to do that. But my kids were preschoolers and I was busy raising them and, you know, just not wanting to do a career change. And then in 2015, Candace Havens, who was an editorial director at uh, Entangled Publishing, put out a call for interns. And so I interned with Candy for a couple of years and Entangled didn't have work for us. They already had a full stable of people with experience. And so I started taking classes from the EFA and ACES and a couple other places and just started doing it on my own. Yeah. So. That's really amazing. And so you are self-taught, like you didn't like get an English degree or anything like that? No, no, I didn't get an English degree and I probably should have because that was (laughs) always my passion. And, you know, I got a four on the AP English test way back in the day and it was like, yeah, why I didn't major in English was because no one told me how you could make a living with it. I mean, it's interesting because I, I feel like I kind of have a similar thing. When I took the ACT, I got a perfect score on the reading and, and writing like portion of it. But at no point in my life did anybody say like, oh, you know, you really like reading and writing. Maybe you could do something with that. Yeah. So I went on this totally roundabout way to end up where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So what is it about romance in particular, since I know you, you do everything, but that was kind of where you started. What, it is, what is it about romance in general that really, you know, interests you? Well, the guaranteed HEA. And if there's not a guaranteed HEA, it's not romance. It's something else with romantic elements. And HEA uh, is happily ever after, correct? Happily ever after, yes. Happily ever after. And in the last few years, maybe as long as 10 years ago, we started talking about HFN, which is happily for now or happy for now. Mm. But at the end of the book, the, the protagonists are together and you can see them being happy together for however long. And I'll speak of them in two because it's easier, but there are polyamorous romances out there. If that's what you would like to read, you can find them. But it's just easier to speak, to give examples of the traditional male, female, two people. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm, and of course, like queer romance is like a whole other. And I'm happy to edit that, but if anyone wanted to reach out to me, I can refer them to colleagues who specialize in that and who are part of that community. If that's what you want, I'm happy to say, yes, I have these three, five colleagues who might like to edit your book. Romance is such an interesting genre because it has such longevity. It has mm -hmm. such, um, it has maintained, even as the publishing world is doing, who knows what, um, romance is there. It is doing fine. <laughs> romance is there and keeping some of the traditional publishers in business and yeah. don't get the respect for that. Totally off tangent, but I recommend some books that are geared to romance authors, to most genre authors, because the romance world really gets into character development. Mm -hmm. And most genre fiction, the readers are wanting to either click with the character or hate the character, but the character still needs to be developed. So some of the craft books for romance authors are still relevant as far as the character development goes for anyone who's writing genre fiction. That is so that is so true because really it, romance is the it is the characters that's the story the story right. is the characters and the emotional journey that they go through there's usually not going to be anything else happening if there is it's a different kind of book mm -hmm. so but I, I'd never considered how like fundamental that is to, to getting the idea of a really good character arc and that's great so I'm curious you know what have been some of your biggest challenges that you've come across when editing romance novels um, the turnaround times, because mm. romance readers are voracious readers and they want their authors to write fast, which means you have to edit fast um, and they want a good book too. Yeah. So if you go too fast, you might miss that there's the conflict's not strong enough to sustain a book or and and that there's more revisions than the author expected because the conflict wasn't strong enough yeah. or wasn't believable or if they had had a conversation then there's no conflict at all so um, digging deeper to find the conflict and and with romance you have to have internal conflict external conflict and romantic conflict oh my okay yes <laughs> take, so take me through this <laughs> so it's it's from I recommend Deborah Dixon's book on conflict on um, goal motivation and conflict and I'll tell authors not only 
do you have to have all three kinds of conflict? Your protagonists have to have their own. So you're looking at six conflicts. Wow. And so in Deborah Dixon's book, it's um, she's got a nice sentence in there um, that I'll give my clients. It's um, the, you know, the character wants this, but can't get it because of that. And so mm. that's your goal, your motivation and the conflict. So they, what they want is their goal, why they can't get it. Um, what's keeping them is the conflict and why they want it is the motivation. Hmm. Sometimes the romantic conflict may change through the book. You can have, sometimes it, it grows, it changes, you know, one thing gets set aside, but then something else pops up. Um, but I think romance authors really need to understand the GMC and that's what we call it. The goal, the motivation, the conflict. Yeah. And one thing that sometimes they do is they have it in their head but they don't get it on the page. Mm. And so as the first professional reader, as the first reader, I should be able to tell them what the GMC is. And if I'm not sure, sometimes it's as easy as adding one or two sentences. Really? Yeah, wow. it really is just to get it clearly on the page. Um, and there needs to be, the other thing that I see is motivation. Every character should have a reason for doing what they're doing and the readers should know and understand what it is whether or not they agree with it mm -hmm. because if they're doing something that doesn't make sense readers will question it and if it's happening too much readers will put the book down and you don't want a did not finish book i i often find that especially with newer authors when you'll tell them like oh this you know there's something missing here there's motivation mm -hmm. that well i want it to be a surprise or oh mm -hmm. i'm i'm building to that and it's like well your readers may not stick with you <laughs> if they don't understand why your character is there has to be a payoff at some point yes and the other thing i see authors sometimes forget that readers want to guess what's going to happen, not just in a mystery, but also in romances. Mm. And so it's okay to give them little hints, just enough for them to guess. Yeah. And so I was looking to see if I have my, um, and I don't have it pulled up because I was working on for it. I was putting, pulling some resources together for a client. Um, but I have a template where I recommend remembering to let your readers guess. And one book I like is Jacqueline, almost anything by Jacqueline Woodson. And I know that they are kid books, middle grade books, but she is really good at trusting her reader to understand what's going on hmm. and to, to guess and to fill in the blanks. And so remember to let your readers fill in some of the blanks because readers like to do that. Yeah. I, I, I personally, as a reader, experience that a lot. I love getting just enough of a tidbit where I'm like, oh, I think I know what's going on here. Actually, I was reading, I was reading a book just yesterday. It's um, a, a science fiction book called Old Man's War. Mm -hmm. um, classic, classic military sci-fi. Um, but in the very, very beginning of the book, there's a character that dies and somebody mentions something about the ghost brigade. Oh, and and it was just a toss away, like some random nobody characters like, oh, there's one for the ghost brigade. And and then you don't hear about it until like two thirds more into the book when somebody says, oh, the ghost brigades are coming and the main characters like, 
huh, I feel like I remember that from somewhere, but I don't remember where. And I'm like, I remember where. (laughs) (laughs) And it is. It's so satisfying as a reader when you're just that slightly ahead of your protagonist, even just a teeny tiny bit. It's very fun. Yeah, it does. And and just like you just showed, that's what readers want. That's some of what we're reading for. We're reading to meet new people, go on new adventures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and trying and trying to outsmart the the um the characters can you just talk a little bit about your process especially for developmental editing and and kind of what that looks like so one thing you don't think about a lot of authors especially if they're new they think of editing as just the copy editing but if Mm -hmm. you get someone in the early stages to do what we call developmental editing which looks at your your whole story are your characters developed is your conflict on the page um are there plot holes are there pacing issues or is your pacing good and i'll tell people even if you have a really good critique group i've read some books that I was edit- I've edited some books where I could tell the critique group was a really good group, but they'd only critiqued it a chapter at a time and no one had read the book as a whole. So each scene was excellent, but there were times where the reader needed a scene or two where they could take a breath and not have so much fast paced things, or they needed a scene to be longer to just really get into it and settle into it. Mm-hmm. So they add value so that the reader And here's the thing, editors, all of us, no matter whether we're academic, fiction, we are supposed to bring the best experience to the readers that we can. We're advocating for the readers. So in the beginning stages, you're going to be told, here's how to make your story better. The thing you don't think about is not only are you going to make this story better after you hire that editor, you're going to learn something about how you write that you need to change that you will use in every story after this one. Mm-hmm. If I if I were doing a full developmental edit, I would slowly read the book. I would, I would put it on a spreadsheet, mm. scene by scene. So there would be a column for scene 1.1. And it would talk, it would be, there would be a column for whose point of view it's in and who is on the page in the scene and what characters might be referred to, but not actually physically there. Um, The key points that happen, any hints that are dropped and and how many words are in the scene. Mm. And I will color code things. Oh, and the time I'll do, I'll, that will also track the time. So like the amount of time passing in the story. Well, yes. So, you know, scene 1.1 might be two years before the rest of the book really gets going. Mm-hmm. And then scene 1.2 might be, you know, a Tuesday. And that's also where I catch and I have caught where we went from a Friday to a Sunday. And I was like, what happened to Saturday? <laughs> Which is so, so easy to do. <laughs> oh, it's so easy to do. And I have one author I love, but that's, She's amazing, but she's not that. Uh, yeah, I have to watch for her timeline. Um, <laughs> I have to watch for her time. So, so I'm, so I'll be spreadsheeting it and color coding the spreadsheet um, so that you can see. So, like, if you zoom out, so you can't see the words, but you can see the colors. You can kind of see how the book is flowing. Mm. You can see how many scenes were the same day. Um, 
but it also it's easier to show an author here's where you've got a plot hole or a pacing issue because you can zoom out and you can see the colors so i'm slowly reading scene by scene and i'm also making notes at the same time in the manuscript i'll mm -hmm. make a lot of notes to myself and very often i'll delete them before i send the manuscript back because i'll be asking does this make sense is this referred to later should this be developed here um so once i've gone through i may reread the whole thing or i may um reread parts of it generally it's just parts of it because i've been so slow going through it and then i'll write a report um uh, addressing pacing issues, any characterization issues. What I will do that's different from some editors, um, my reports tend to be shorter, is, and very few of my clients pay for the spreadsheet, to be honest, because that really um, gets the price up. But mm -hmm. I'll still address three or four things. But I will not address more than four things. I try to address only three things that you need to work on because I have found that a lot of authors freeze when you give them too many things to work on. Mm. And when they go back in to revise some of the stuff I've told them needs to change, they start fixing other things, whether consciously or not. They're back in the book. Yeah. Versus not being. And, and it's... Um, it's something I have experienced not as I don't write so not as a writer but I asked a photographer friend when I very first set up my website to please look at it and give me three things and I thought she'll give me three things I'll fix them and then I'll ask for three more she gave me eight things to fix and I didn't look <laughs> and I didn't look at it for like a month because it was yeah. too it was too overwhelming I was Stressful. like oh I, I can't do that I can't handle that and so I'd already been taught only give three or four and there were a couple times where we gave more and it did happen, the author did freeze. And so one thing I tell authors, you have to know what's included in your developmental edit because that's probably the part of editing where editors are the most different in what they include. Mm. Because I do have colleagues who write really long reports, but they go over it. They don't send the report to the client. They open it with the client on a teleconference yeah. so that the client's not overwhelmed. And that may work. I haven't thought to try that. Um, most of my clients are okay with the shorter reports and the three or four things. Yeah. But if you're hiring me and it's, you're only getting three or four things, you may need to do developmental edits. And by the time you've done that, you've paid as much as if you had hired my colleague. Right. Who has written you a 60 or 70 page report, but right. also gone over it with you to not overwhelm you. Um, but a developmental edit should should address pacing, plot holes, character development, including secondary and minor characters, mm -hmm. um, world building. Everything, actually. Yeah. And and that's why if you go to someone like some of my colleagues, you are going to get a 70 or 80 page report because we will tell you what is working and what's not working and how to how to potentially fix it. But it's really getting into the weeds. But if mm -hmm. you pay for a, a good developmental edit, you will be such a better writer for your next book. I think you're it's so you're so right, though, that 
it can be so intimidating for an author to open up a 60 page report on here's in their mind they're like here's everything that's wrong with your book in my experience that's not usually the case usually there's a good portion of it of, here's all the things that are right with your book and that are working really well i have a hint Tell which me. sometimes I forget to give my people, but every now and then it pops up. Sometimes I, I schedule emails to myself. So like every <laughs> six months, I get the email reminding myself to have the authors highlight everything they like about their story. So when you're in your book, revising your own book, highlight everything you like, highlight everything you think is working. And you will see that that is so much more than all the parts of the book that you think you need to revise. That or is, that your editor told you to revise. That is such a fantastic tip. I'm going to do, I love that. That's great. Yeah. And it's all about like that partnership, that relationship between the, the editor and the author. Can you speak a little bit about that? How, especially when you have a new client, how do you go about establishing the foundations of that relationship? I like to talk to them if they're comfortable on the phone or over a teleconference. Um, some people aren't. And I'm okay going back and forth with email, but I feel like just before the project starts, you can just get a better feel for each other. Mm -hmm. If it's a copy edit, I will do a free sample edit of a few pages. So you can see how I make my comments and if I communicate in a way that works for you. Um, and a lot of us do sample edits at the copy edit stage. It's hard to do it at the earlier stages because you need to read the whole book basically to comment yeah. on it. Um, so, um, but if you're not going to take my advice and, and you're free to reject my advice, and sometimes you should, especially yeah. if you know something I don't know that's coming up in the, in the next book, if it's part of a series. Um, and I do have, I have a repeat client where she rejects, not a lot, but she'll reject a few things every edit and that's, it's her book mm -hmm. and that's okay. I am. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just trying to advocate for the readers. And sometimes I'll tell her or any of my clients, you know, read this out loud, see what works better for you. Or if you can get a close friend who hasn't seen this book to read it to you. So you'll hear if they stumble on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that helps you decide. But if you can't have that back and forth, through the email or through a teleconference, then it's harder because ideally you'll work with your editor book after book and you get better at working together. Yeah. And it's a really collegial relationship, ideally. Mm -hmm. You need to be comfortable enough with your editor to say no to them. Mm -hmm. And they need to become, and most experienced editors expect that you'll say no sometimes. So if you, if you can't, have that communication, then you should probably find somebody else. You know, I, I frequent a lot of writing subreddits just because I like to know, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my, my client base are kind of newer authors because I'm a newer editor. And so mm -hmm. I like to kind of know what newer authors that kind of, you know, hang out in those spaces are talking about. Mm -hmm. And I, I see this piece of advice and I don't remember who it's attributed to, but it's from some famous author in dealing with an editor. editor. It's like, um, when the editor tells you that something is wrong, listen to them. When the editor tells you how to fix it, completely ignore their advice. <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> but, and I think the sentiment there is the idea that, like, it's your book. You are, the, you know, the author is the one who owns the story and who yeah. has to ultimately, uh, you know, be responsible And, and it for needs that. to be in your voice. And sometimes yes. I'll put, consider doing this, and then I'll add, but in your voice. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Change it. 
change it to something like this, only do it in your voice. Yeah, and it, it is. It's Being an editor is all about writing that d- diplomatic line of like, I think there's a problem here, but I think you have the capacity to fix it too. Yeah. Is there any other like last tidbits you'd like to just share about, um, you know, either for new authors or editors that are interested in romance or any of the genres that you work with? For for new authors, I would say find a stellar critique group. Mm -hmm. And um, if you are particularly inverted, there are some online ones where it's all on paper or through the Internet, not paper. Um, but if you can find an in-person one or a virtual one where you are reading out loud, that makes a really big difference in mm-hmm. how fast you will develop as an author and what kind of feedback you get matters. Uh, so a good group won't try to rewrite your book or change your voice. They'll tell you what's working and what's not working. Um, for editors or people who want to become editors i would say you need to find a professional organization and get some training because even if you are an english teacher there are some things that editors do that english teachers don't do that you need to know um and if you are lucky enough to have a chapter of a professional organization near you, I would definitely join and be active because those people will be your colleagues and your mentors. Mm -hmm. And I know my chapter refers back and forth all the time. And I have one client that I, she's 16 years old and amazingly gifted. And I have told two colleagues, I hope she outgrows me and she'll be ready for you. Mm. in another year or two because um anyway but you'll need if you want to be an editor find your group and there are a lot of groups online for editing and authoring but you have to find the people who will support you that's that's so true and i i I love that your advice for editors and writers is kind of the same it's like find your people because Mm -hmm. writing and editing are both very solitary professions you know you know i have a presentation on working with a freelance editor and one thing one of the first slides in it is writing a solitary but producing a Mm. book is not that's such a good way of looking at it and that includes your critique group Mm -hmm. when you're writing you're by yourself but if you have a critique group every week and there's a really good critique group here in dallas fort worth called uh dfw writers workshop they've been around for over 40 years and they meet every wednesday even if it's a holiday even if the weather is bad and they've put out some they've had some really good authors come out of that Okay. Well, that's so great. Thank you so much again for being here. Thank um, you. I, Thank you for you having me. You are just me. a fountain of incredible tidbits. So I, I've learned so much, seriously, from this. Like, this has been awesome. Um, oh, good. I do want to just remind all the listeners that um, they can find Penny at wordsummitediting.com if you would like to hire her because she's amazing. Um, and then are you on any social medias that you'd like to connect with people? If they go to my website, they can click through on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm actually not on social media that often because I'm busy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, darn.
But I do check. I actually check in probably once a day. So if they messaged me that way, I'd, I'd see it sooner rather than later, okay. probably. But um, yes, so I am there. But the best way is just to go to my website. And, and actually, they can follow me on Facebook because I do put writing related things on Facebook and I make those public. Very cool. Um, so for the very last thing, I just want to ask, um, you've actually mentioned a lot of um, fantastic books for everyone to check out, but I wanted to know, is there a current book that you're reading or a favorite that you always recommend, um, especially if it's like a fiction book or something for fun? Oh, for for just yeah. to read? Oh, probably anything by Liz okay. Fielding. If you want romance, um, if you want just a fun series, The Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia C. Ooh. Reedy. We discovered those when my kids were in preschool and my kids are in college and we still reread them every wow. year. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard of that. It's um, Princess Cimmerine runs away because being a princess is boring and she becomes a dragon's princess. Awesome. <laughs> but it's a strong, you know, strong character. So that's just fun for all ages. That's our show. If you're looking for someone to make sure your heartthrob is really throbbing, you can reach out to Penny at wordsummitediting.com. You can always email the show at edabuddiespod at gmail.com. I also take editing clients through my own business, Midright Worlds, which you can find on Instagram or at my website, midright.com. See you next time.